Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Online, fullerdental.net. The biggest question of baseball's offseason has been answered. Aaron Judge is returning to the Yankees on a nine-year contract worth $360 million. He also had offers from the Giants and Padres. Cyhawk matchup in women's college basketball tonight. Tenth-ranked Iowa State takes on number 16, Iowa at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. In the men's game, Drake will try to get to 8-1 and when they host Omaha. Iowa football's Terry Roberts has joined Justin Jacobs in the transfer portal. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where you can ask for the famous sound off sandwich. Four. This is Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon here. Scott Sipker over there with us for another hour. Taking you right into Murph and Andy. Well, you're a Cubs fan, Scott. That's right, yes. I do more than just produce Kinnick the Documentary. Available now on to stream on Amazon and Apple TV, everybody. Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime. Nice. Check it out. I have it. You I'll should. be doing it. Because you're my friend. Yes. And also, it's a really good documentary. That's a good thing, too. No doubt about it. Looking forward to that, and that will be part of the certainly holiday viewing. Maybe before we get to Christmas, we'll get there. Yeah, it's but a good family activity. Yes, absolutely. Gather the children around. Get your tissues, though. I'll have those ready to go. And notice that as you get a little bit older. Well, yeah. our next guest has covered the Cubs, has been in the Chicago sports scene for a very long time. And, Scott, I've heard you relay the story for you, the Cubs winning the World Series, and those stories have dissipated as the downturn of the organization has continued here. But I just want to introduce you guys. I know for Cubs fans, it's always cool. People that have jumped in and sat in for Ken or myself throughout the time have a chance to talk to Cappy. I'm going to guess he was a, a part of your formative life, Scott. Yeah, of course. Of course he was. How you doing, David Kaplan? Thanks for joining us today. What's up, Trent? Scott, how you guys doing today? Everything good? It's- yeah. We're right right next door uh, to the uh, crematorium, and someone's having a worse day than us. Uh, so this is great. It's, it's uh, nice to finally uh, talk to you. Is that an ice cream place? Uh, let's call it that. Yeah, let's call it that. You don't want to eat the ice cream there. No, there is a... It's a little ashy. Yes. Yeah, there I'll is. I'll go to the Drake Diner. <laughs> <laughs> That's the place to go. So some moves made by the Cubs. They're not headliners. They're not Aaron Judge. There, there's nothing like that. There's no Carlos Correa, but Cody Bellinger. A name. One-year contract, more than likely kind of betting on himself here for this season, hoping that he has a big year and is able to cash in with multi-year. Let's start right there, though. Cody Bellinger, at least a name. Your thoughts on the one-year signing? Yeah, I mean, look, there. I believe there are no bad one-year deals. None. So the Cubs get him for 17.5, five of which is in a second-year option that, you know, unless things go really awry, it's not going to get picked up. It's kind of a handshake agreement. 
but there's a $5 million buyout, so it lowers the average annual value, the AAV for luxury tax purposes, to $12.5 million or so. So that works out well for both sides. He has a really good year. He's going to get a big deal, whether that's in Chicago or somewhere else. So, yeah, I like this signing. Cabby, what is the the timeline here for this team from the team's perspective? When are they expecting or hoping that this team will be in the playoffs again? This year. Whoa. Yes. They're not done. They are far from done. Um, they got Jamison Tyone last night, $68 million for four years. We talked about Bellinger. They're getting one, if not two, of those shortstops. I think it's probably one. I don't think they're getting two. Mark Feinstein reported that they're going to get two. Uh, I don't see that happening. But could they get um, Carlos Correa to play short? Possibly. Could they get Dansby Swanson to play short and Xander Bogarts over at third? Possibly. But they're far from done, I could tell you that. So you mentioned Tyon. He is looking at the numbers an above-average starting pitcher. He's not a top-of-the-rotation guy. I mean, if you're a good playoff team, maybe what? At best, he's a number 3 starter, more than likely a number 4 for a playoff team. But he's been pretty durable. Even after surviving Tommy John two different times, he has made 61 starts over the last couple of years. Cubs don't have a guy that's done that over the last couple of years. Is it more that they see this guy... Look, we know that he can be an innings eater. We can get 160, 180 innings out of him, and, and we'll fill in the pieces. Or do they think there's more upside to Tyone? Uh, I don't know if they think there's more upside. I think they feel like they're getting what they're paying for, that he's solid and that he's a guy that they could write in every fifth day and go, yeah, we feel pretty good that we'll get a solid outing. Look, he's not Max Scherzer. He's not Justin Verlander, those old school Give me the ball, and I'm going to complete what I started. Those guys just unfortunately don't exist anymore. So they bought a solid pitcher, not a spectacular pitcher. It looks like it's trending that Wilson Contreras is headed to St. Louis. Cappy, tell me it ain't oh, so. No, It's not not trending. It's done. No! God. Yeah, five years, 87.5. I was texting with Wilson earlier. Oh. Uh, he's a, He's been great. To me, he's been great to my son, who that's his favorite player. And so, yeah, Wilson's a Cardinal. It is what it is. Cappy, we've seen this, obviously, plenty of times in the past, but we know your hatred of the St. Louis Cardinals, the rivalry aspect to it. What's it going to be like when you see him trotting out there with the birdies on the bat? I'll throw up in my mouth. I (laughs) said that I did that today. Rightfully Uh, so. happy for a guy who... I rarely allow myself to have a personal relationship with an athlete down that's currently playing. Retired, different story. I work with a lot of them. But a personal friendship with a current player, kind of I don't do that. But I have a special needs son, and Wilson walked up to me one day and said, do you have a special needs child? I do. Am I his favorite player? You are. Okay, then we got to have dinner with him. And we did. And I've told you guys that story before, and from that point on, he's been amazing. We had dinner in September after I took Brett to see the Cubs and the Rockies. Wilson saw us in the first row and said, what are you doing here? I said, Brett wanted to see one more game this season. Wilson was out with an injury, 
his ankle. And he said, what are you doing now? I'm just going to get Brett something to eat. Well, where do you want to go? Let's go over to this Cuban restaurant that we love, all love. Done. We met him there, and as his wife was sliding into the outdoor table, it was a beautiful Saturday night to sit down. He's like, hon, you're over there. Brett's sitting next to me. So that guy is a special place in my heart. I love Wilson. Did you at least make uh, any ploy to him to be like, you know, can you can you not go there? <laughs> Anywhere but there? <laughs> yeah, I talked to him, I don't know, right before Thanksgiving, and we were just laughing, and I'm you know, going to end up sitting down and doing a long interview with him, and I said, hey, do me one favor. Seattle, San Diego, <laughs> Minnesota, not that freaking birds on the bat thing, because I can't stand them. He laughed. Oh, and yet there he will be. So, Cappy, you mentioned Cubs aren't done. There's still a lot more that needs to be done if they are going to be a contender this season as they believe that they can be. You mentioned shortstop. That makes a whole lot of sense. What else? What are some realistic possibilities that you think are are still some of the rumors and the murmurs that are out there right now the Cubs being aggressive with? I think you're saying which move do I think they're going to make? Mm -hmm. I think they're going to get one of the shortstops. Mark Feinstein said that they're in play to get two of them and put one at third, like Xander Bogart. Yeah. I don't see that happening because I think the money's just going to get stupid. The Giants lost out on Aaron Judge. The Padres had $400 million over 10 years for Aaron Judge. They tried to sign Trey Turner. That didn't happen. So I just don't see the Cubs signing two of the remaining three. But I do think they're going to get one of them. Who that is? remains to be seen. Uh, Gordon Wittenmeyer thinks it's Correa. Jesse Rogers thinks it's Dansby Swanson. We'll see. Twins, I know, feel confident about Carlos Correa for them. Uh, as a Twins fan and knowing about their payroll, I don't know how excited I am, as good as he was again this season, even a down season for him. You look at a lot of numbers, and he was excellent and still a lot of good baseball in front of him. And Bellinger, I was surprised too. Still just 27. I mean, that, that's that's got to be exciting as well, the potential, what he is going to be, but going to be a fun one. Let's go to the South Side and to the White Sox. What's the latest you are hearing with them and a team? transitioning? What, what's happening right now with this White Sox organization as a whole? Uh, it's a mess, which is sad. It's a mess. I don't understand how the Chicago White Sox can have this window wide open mm-hmm. to try to win and do nothing. And Rick has said, we're not going to be real active in free agency. We're just not. We will have to get things done through trade. And we're not willing to trade, as Kenny Rosenthal reported yesterday, we're not willing to trade Tim Anderson. So who exactly are you willing to trade? Because I don't think you're getting the haul you think you're getting back for Liam Hendricks. Giolito, you're selling low if you trade him. He's in the final year of his deal. You're certainly not trading Dylan Cease. You let a Abreu walk, so you're not trading Andrew Vaughn, who would have value. Makes no money. Good young player. Who are you trading? I'm not sure how this team gets better. I hope they do. We'll find out. Talking with David Kaplan, taking a look around Chicago sports. Well, let's jump into the Bears. It's another loss. This was the one game you said as the losing streak started that you wanted them to win and then lose the rest of them, setting up a good draft position. The Bears, though, looking at that potential number 2 pick, still swallowing the loss after having the lead against the Packers. Not a fun Sunday, just seeing that green and yellow out there on the field. 
Yeah, I despise the Cardinals the most, and I despise the Packers second. Um, but I'm actually, the meatball in me on Sunday, Trent, when I woke up was, all right, let's go beat the Packers. <laughs> the intelligent thing is Justin played well again, his best game of the season, and the Bears lost. So they're 3-10. and 10. Now let's finish this off at 3-14, and 14, solidify the second overall pick, and let's get that done. That's what I'm hoping happens so that they could trade back not once but maybe twice and accumulate three or four first-round picks over the next couple seasons and add more talent to this lousy roster. I'm all for the Bears uh, just losing as uh, my Bills are coming to Chicago <laughs> on uh, Christmas Eve. I'd like that present of a win. But do you are you hearing at all about if the Bears are tanking, how is this being received in the locker room? Uh, they're not. They'll tell you they're not tanking. That it just it is what it is, and that the players play hard. I thought they were flying around on Sunday. That defense really came to play. I thought the offensive line had its best game of the season, perhaps. So they would push back on that narrative that they're tanking. They just don't have any talent. But I have no problem that they traded Roquan. They weren't going to give him twenty-one million a year or whatever twenty-two million he wanted. They were never going to win with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, so move those guys out and let's start getting younger players opportunities. So there's a difference between tanking and just not putting any money into it. They're spending over $90 million in dead cap charges, which means they're spending more than 40% of their payroll on guys to play for other teams against them. So we're one year in, at least one draft into the Ryan Poles era, the GM of the Chicago Bears. Didn't have a first-round draft pick a year ago. That will change this year. Do we know, kind of big picture, what he's going to be as it pertains to the draft? Is he a guy that is, as you mentioned, wheeling and dealing, looking to move down, kind of the old Bill Belichick style of doing things? Do we anticipate that's the kind of guy that he is? Or do you anticipate he's more of a stand pack kind of guy? Hey, if we got the second pick, we're going to take the best guy on the board and go from there. I'm trading back as much as I possibly can. I really am. I am trading back and get unless the trade value isn't there. And that concerns me because I interviewed Dane Brugler, the draft expert for The Athletic, who's really good on this stuff. He said, right now, there is not one quarterback where you go, i got to have it, like Trevor Lawrence was in 2021. He said, I just don't see it. There's no Andrew Luck sitting there. There's no Peyton Manning sitting there. Now, again, by the time the draft comes, we may have somebody who goes, okay, that guy's at the top of the list. We have to get him. I just don't think there's a guy like that there. I don't. Um, I think there's good quarterbacks up there, but I'm not giving up the second pick in the draft for, you know, you can move back a couple spots and we'll throw you a third-round pick. No. If that's the case, that nobody's beating my door down because there's not an elite, unbelievable quarterback, then I'm taking Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. That's what I'm doing. Helping out that defense and building that way. Cap, you going to be a fun offseason in front of us for the Bears. Of course, have a lot of room on top of it under the cap and a potential free agency along with the draft picks and a potential quick fix maybe for the Chicago Bears team. Wrapping up here with David Kaplan. Cappy, the Bulls, three straight losses. Sunday watched a little bit of their loss against the Kings. It is just 
injuries certainly have hurt things, but just not right. Is it already setting up for a lost season in Chicago for the Bulls? Yes. If you don't get Lonzo Ball back, then I think you've got real issues. And he's not walking through that door anytime soon from what I hear. I keep hearing he's still got pain every time he tries to ramp up basketball. He's feeling pain, I was told the other day, walking up the stairs. So if that's the case, I don't know when you're getting that guy back. And I think the, the vibe, the mix in the room is not good. I like your coach. I think you have some talented players. I think you have a bad roster. Funny, the team that's run by the same person, the White Sox and the Bulls, both have mismatched rosters. Interesting. DeRozan, Levine, any chance at a trade if this thing continues to crater? Yeah, I guess you could always, you know, try and trade DeRozan, or I don't think you're trading Zach Levine. Okay. Um, but DeRozan or Vucevic, who's got an expiring deal, or Kobe White. But what are you getting back? What are you truly getting back? You can't just give guys away and then hope uh, that you get lucky and you get Victor Wembanyama in the draft. So only we'll three, only three games out of getting into those sweepstakes, though. <laughs> True, but there's no guarantee being in the sweepstakes that you win the sweepstakes. That's, you know, that's like the Cubs last night hoping they get the number one pick, and they had a, I think 1.1 percent chance. It's you can't bet on that stuff. David Kaplan joins us each and every Wednesday here. Brought to you by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cappy enjoyed it as always. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you next week. Ken will be back from Vegas, and uh, we'll have plenty of stories. I'm sure. Yeah, you better have money for him because he'll probably be broke. <laughs> uh, I know his betting very well. Appreciate it, Cap. All right, see you guys. Bye. David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, and for a little bit longer, NBC Sports Chicago, but walking away from the TV side. He's got something in the works waiting for the announcement on that front. Love mm. talking to Cap. You sound like you know what the answer is. I but don't you can't actually. Tell it. I think Ken might. You mean Ken keeps secrets from you? Yeah, from time to time. You know that Ken is really into pop music? Yes, he is. He likes to sing it there right in your seat. I I know. We Sometime I want to come on and I want to just play pop music and see if he knows what it is. Like he, just play some Taylor Swift and just oh yeah. watch Ken just sing along. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. And he'll get an earworm that he will just continue week after see, week after this week. Is, people don't know this about not Ken. Not at all. No, he does not he, like to open things up. I, I try. I try to crack open the interior it's a rarity, but every once in a while you get these little nuggets of. Mm. The Someday I'll, I'll get it. I'm a pretty good interviewer, oh, so yeah, I'll you know yeah. I'll just draw it out of him. That'll be good, no doubt about it. So, are you ready? I want to talk a little bit more about your doc. So, could you be in here today? We'll take a time out. I want to talk about this documentary. I want to kind of go inside behind the curtain with you, find out a little bit more. We talked about it. It's available. People can get it now. Amazon Prime, Apple TV. We'll of course talk about that, but. I want to get into the weeds here. It's it's an interesting, obviously, story, a story that people know, but you got to go so much deeper. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that and going a little bit more into things. Still to come as well, we got my Circa Plays of the Day as we just continue. And it's not Friday. It's not so Friday. So you can listen to Trent on That's this right. one and bet your house. Because Fridays are not good. During the week, Mr. Monday Night, 9-4 and four against the number this year. I mean, That's really good. That is really good. That's professional level That's right professional there. That's professional level. It's just too bad that a professional level is all seven days of the week. That's unfortunate. Those Fridays still get me. What if you just don't bet on Fridays? Have you thought of that? What are you, nuts? <laughs>
<laughs> Miller got to continue. It's 106.1800 bets off. With year end approaching, you may have a surplus of dental care as part of your health plan. Fuller Dental has appointments available between now and year's end. Visit fullerdental.net or call 515 266 3437. 266 3437 to schedule your appointment at Fuller Family Dental. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines and a new location in Altoona. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call XNO. If you own a house, you've got a huge asset, and everyone's looking at it. With Wall Street investors buying up homes in Des Moines and renting them out like never before, you have to wonder, what do they see in your big asset that you don't? The truth is, if you sell your home instead of renting it, you can kiss your asset goodbye. Especially with today's higher interest rates, the best way to save your asset is to rent it out instead. Does renting make your asset look big? Yes, it does. Especially when you hire the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse. DIYing your property management is a total pain in your asset. But with Renner's Warehouse, you never have to find tenants, collect rent, or handle pesky maintenance calls again. Don't lose your asset and stop busting your asset trying to manage it yourself. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse. You can't buy happiness. 7136. Just after 1230 on a Wednesday, Miller and Condon continues. 106.3 KXNO, Trent Condon and Scott Sipker. So the news yesterday of the transfer portal. Terry Roberts has entered. He walked on senior day. He's been around for five years. He's been banged up for the last two seasons. And yet the consternation I've seen from Hawkeye fans, oh boy, here we're in trouble. Just the, the freak out factor. I know this is new. I know the transfer portal, Scott, it's kind of a scary place for a lot of fans that you see these veterans, these guys that you know departing. But, is this just going to be the new normal? Do people just have to come to the realization that, yes, you're going to see players that you love. You're going to see Tyrese Hunter leave after a great freshman campaign. You're going to see players of that ilk continue to move on. Or are we just in a small window here, the beginning of this, where it's going to normalize pretty quickly? I think that you just need to reorient yourself to the new reality that these players are on one-year contracts. Mm -hmm. And if you start approaching it in that way, um, then it's not going to be as shocking. It can still be disappointing, just like your pro teams, when in, like Aaron Judge flirting with the Giants. If you're a Yankees fan, I mean, I mean, that's probably, ooh, is that going to happen? Just reorient, reorient yourself to that. College sports are now closer to their professional partnerships uh, than they ever have been before, and we can whine about that we can be sad about it genuinely be sad about it that things aren't the way they used to be but that's not going to change it this is the new reality Mm -hmm. these players are now on a one-year contract 
There are things that are going to make it more regulated, I think, over the years. You know, more specific windows, more rules that come out uh, about when and where you can transfer. It'll be clearer. It won't be just the Wild West. Or maybe it'll just be the Wild (laughs) West, and we'll just adjust to it, and uh, it won't seem so wild anymore. But... I don't think this this has this I don't think this is the end of college sports. I think that it might be the end of the peak interest of college sports. Mm-hmm. Uh but the thing about the transfer portal is is that it adds drama. And so while it maybe the peak of college sports is over, I don't know. Uh there is now more storylines mm-hmm. to draw out. Like right now, we have we're talking more college football because of the transfer portal. Absolutely. Uh, and so in that sense, if you're a college football fan, um, it, there's there's just more to talk about. So uh, there's positives and negatives. And certainly let's not forget about the positives that uh, these players now have the ability to have more control over their own lives. Mm-hmm. And that's something that people are missing. I can't remember where I heard it. I don't remember if it was on our show or, or just something I was listening to this week. But somebody brought up, you know, think back to Kurt Flood. And when free agency happened in Major League Baseball, NFL, for me growing up, there was not the free agency that as we know it today. It took a while to get to that point. And Reggie White, when he left Philadelphia, that was the biggest free mm-hmm. agent. And that was in the early 90s. I mean, just how different the world is. But I remember hearing at that time, I remember people talking about baseball and free agency. Well, I, I can't watch this sport anymore. I mean, these guys are just out there looking for the money. And now you're hearing the same thing from fans. I can't watch college athletics anymore. I mean, this is garbage. This is not what I think of of college athletics. And yet, the sports will survive, and college athletics will survive. Yeah, we'll adapt. And and I I would just rather us. I mean, pe- players have been getting paid for as long as college sports has been around. Okay, like at the, the top programs, yes. that's absolutely been happening. Mm-hmm. Now we just bring it aboard. I I would just like to see a world where. We can get to maybe it's more professional and we're having contracts. Um, maybe you do a, a year or two, or maybe you can do a four year deal with the stipend of, or with the exception that if you want to leave for the NFL, you can do that. Um, I, there, there's a world where this cannot be such an upheaval, um, every single season. But then again, it does create more drama. And the positive side of it from a team's perspective is now you get a look into the transfer portal. Yes, absolutely. And maybe you can, you, maybe your team can get the number one quarterback out of the transfer portal. And boy, isn't that exciting. You have so, the worst wide receiver group right. in Power 5? Hey, look what you can do. Yes. You the, can go out and change that. Yes, the transfer portal giveth and it taketh away, as they say. We'll see if it giveth. Well, let's uh, see right now about what you have uh, continued to talk about something that was a long process coming up with Kinnick the documentary so let's start in its infancy the decision to go this route New Year's Iowa nice guy known you now for a decade I'm Murphy and Andy mm-hmm. this is something you are an actor I mean is, is that yeah 20 years ago uh, last week was my first acting that was your debut at Iowa State I played uh, Bell's husband uh, I didn't even have a character name. I was just known as my relationship to a main character. I had three lines, and uh, it was a three-hour play. My dad, a blue-collar worker, was very excited. I, I can only imagine. <laughs> that sounds awful. But that is how your career started. So the documentary came, and then getting to the point where you decided, now kidding, people know the story. There's a lot more here. Just how this all came to fruition for you? Really, after Iowa Nice uh, 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago uh, next month, uh came out and then I was uh, trying to come up with a sequel. Uh, and 
it took a couple months to to circle around coming up with Cyclone Nice and Hawkeye Nice, mm-hmm. which are eventually the videos that got us on to ESPN. Because uh, I wanted to get away from politics because it's so it's such a grind and it's yeah. so draining. And let's just have fun with sports rivalries instead of political rivalries. And so we did that. But before I came up with Iowa, or Hawkeye Nice and Cyclone Nice, I had the idea to do a Jack Trice, Niall Kinnick documentary that was really uh, not fully fleshing out their stories necessarily, but using the two individuals to dissect why we in this society pick the heroes that we pick. And that documentary is called Halls of Heroes. Um, but... Uh, once we did get into each gentleman's stories, it was clear we had too much for a single documentary and decided to split them up. But that got put on the back burner for a couple of years as um, we just weren't quite ready to do a 90-minute feature yet. Um, then a couple of years were delayed after we were ready. Uh, fundraising did not go well. Mm. And then eventually I was able to get enough just to cover our expenses. But because we weren't getting paid as individuals to make it, uh, the film always took a back burner to client work because a lot of what I do is help uh, businesses tell their stories. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm only in, I'm only on camera for maybe 15% of the videos that I produce. I'm behind camera a lot, work with marketing teams, uh, coming up with good uh, video content for businesses. And I love telling other people's stories, but that, that work because it paid actually, and I have a mortgage, um, (laughs) you know, the documentary always took the back burner. And then, the pandemic happened, and a lot of my work also is public speaking. I do a lot of public speaking. Uh, Nick Mick, one of the sponsors yeah. of this show, I spoke at their annual uh, event last year. Uh, Mike McCoy is one of the best individuals, and, and he was an advisor to me on the Kinnick Project uh, all along the way. Great person, yeah. and I love that company. So um, all of that, like the pandemic just shut everything down, and then, well, we don't have any paid work. Might as well do the non-paid work. And so the pandemic allowed us to actually put the finishing touches on what you see now as a 90-minute feature called Kinnick the Documentary. So I know the story. I'm a Hawkeye fan, lifelong, lived here all 42 years of my life. I, I know the generalities. So when I sit down and have the opportunity to watch this, and I have a quiet 90 minutes to be able to get it with a couple of kids at home, what should I be looking for? What What would you say are the ones that me as a Hawkeye fan, things that will really pique my interest, that'll really have me deep into this? Because, again, I got the overview. I, I got the base. Tell us what's going to take me even deeper into well, it. Well, as a Hawkeye fan, looking at it from, the, from specifically a Hawkeye fan perspective, I think you'll see the best summation on video, uh, on in film ever, of the 1939 Ironman season. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of what we did there. Uh, I, the drama, the score that Brendan Dunphy uh, one of the producers and scorer of the film, and he's also the voice of Niall in the film. He did a spectacular job. You're going to love the score. And it really does just bring to life the extraordinary nature of that 1939 season and how it came out of nowhere. Um, I think from a Hawkeye pan- fan perspective, that's really uh, that rah-rah moment. But generally as a Hawkeye fan, as an Iowan, um, you're going, I think you're going to feel so much more proud to be connected to Niall Kinnick. As I've told people, even if you think you know Niall, of 90 minutes, you're going to learn something new about him over 87 of those minutes. Uh, he's was such a, a prolific writer, and so was his family, mm-hmm. that we have so much in the records to pull away. 
And we also have this wonderful gift of finding his first cousin, Don Bice, who's in his 90s, and he was never interviewed before on camera. Wow. He was there. He's eight years younger than Niall. He was the same age as Niall's younger brother, George. He caught passes and punts from Niall. He ate breakfast with Niall. He spent a lot of quality, intimate time helping Niall and watching Niall <laughs> as he just excelled at everything that he did. He caught passes from Niall when they were thrown from his left hand or from his right hand. That He got tackled by Niall. That's, that first-person perspective takes this documentary from something that was good to something that was great. And I know it sounds biased when the producer and the narrator of the film is saying that, but I've, I, I have gotten enough feedback to know that those thoughts that I had about the film are valid. People love the film. They think it's touching, and it sticks with you. And it is sad, too. It, there's some funny parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niall had a really good sense of humor okay. that most people don't realize. Yeah. He has great observational humor. He just looks so stoic. He does. But he, and you'll see in his war journals, he's very funny. And he also got nervous around girls. <laughs> and he loved women. Like he, he was clear he was, he was trying to find a wife. Uh, and he certainly would have if he would have survived the war. But he, he's just like you and me. He just happened to be blessed with extraordinary genetics uh, to play football. And also he played baseball and basketball at Iowa as well. So he was all around great athlete. But also the extraordinary nature of his family environment just shows the power of, of family. Two quick things. And today is the anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Yes. Uh, 81 years ago now. Wow. Uh, man, we're getting old. But that kind of connection going back to the wartime, and that's the part I just I don't know a ton about. We know that he was on you know, a training mission. How much do we know? How much do we know about his ultimate passing? Well, first, I would just like to say on, on Pearl Harbor is that there is this there was this narrative before our film came out that Niall heard about Pearl Harbor and ran down and enlisted on that day. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was a much more long drawn out process that we lay out in the film. And he was actually already uh, started his training at Fairfax Airfield in Kansas City when Pearl Harbor happens okay. and he writes about it. He writes about interestingly to me, he writes how all of his his buddies on the base there, they weren't really concerned about America being able to bring retribution to the Japanese. They were much more worried about freedoms being curtailed. Wow. Which it just shows again, like, we, we think of it in our time period, looking back, but at that moment, even then they were worried about, oh no, is, is the government going to come and take away some of our rights? And, uh, you know, of course, it turns out that if you're Japanese-American, they certainly did. Right. Um, and now, and his buddies... That's the conversation they were having 81 years ago right now was, well, we're going we're gonna to go kick Japan's ass. We know that's going to happen. But what, what's it going to affect here at home with our freedoms and liberties? So just that shows you mm. how Niall was. But ultimately, his death, his ultimate perishing is a mystery. Uh, he, when he, he landed his plane, and we talked to Joe Sassman also uh, on the uh, DVD Blu-ray, we do have some special... Uh, features and one of them is this interview with Joe Sassman, who is now, I'm, 
he, he has passed away, but when we interviewed him, he was 101. And he was part of the squadron that relieved Nile squadron on the USS Lexington. And Joe flew not only a Hellcat, which is the succeeding plane to the Wildcat, uh, but he did fly the Wildcat, which is the plane Nile was flying on the day that he perished. And Nile landed on, on calm waters uh, after his engine had seized because it had uh, developed an oil leak. And Joe talked to us. He walks us through it. He's like, it's an easy landing. Like, you just you land, you, you slap down, you get out. Joe even tells the story. I, I've seen guys make water landings, get out of the cockpit, walk down the wing, throw out their life raft, and just step right into the raft, and they never get their boots wet. So the fact that Nile, being such a good athlete, not being able to sustain uh, being in the water for eight minutes while the rescue boats got there. That's mm-hmm. all it was, just eight minutes. Uh, is a real mystery. His wingman says that he saw him outside of the plane. And if that is true, it doesn't make sense how Nile went down with the plane because the plane and Nile were both gone by the time the rescue boats had gotten there. And the Navy has told me, you have to believe the wingman, and, and I respect that. But it makes more sense to me that somehow his wingman was mistaken. Maybe it was a piece of debris or something he saw out, and Nile actually was knocked unconscious um, when he landed that plane, something happened, something went wrong, and he hit his head, and he was knocked unconscious, and, and that's why he went down with the plane. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We just don't know because his wingman was killed in the Battle of the Pacific, so we, we don't have any more verifying information. We could. We know where the plane is. Um, maybe someday we'll be able to raise enough money to, to go down, and I'm not, I don't think we should bring the plane up. Mm-hmm. I don't think there would be uh, Niles' remains there. It, there is a small possibility that maybe there would be some, but mostly what I want to know is go down there and see, is that seatbelt still buckled? That would tell us a lot about the final moments in Niall Kinnick's life. Kinnick, the documentary available on Amazon Prime, also Apple TV. Great Christmas gift. Get that Blu-ray DVD. Yeah, get that for who those people who still want a Blu-ray and DVD, yes. which is not me, by the way. No. Uh, but I've been, I've been strucken by the amount of requests that we had mm-hmm. for them. And so we, we got them. It's easier them to gift something like it that. It is. And, and there are people who want to put that on, on their shelf. And yes. it's a, it is a good family film. Uh, Niall, we only have one uh, swear moment from Niall in one of his letters. <laughs> he writes uh, that his, um, this is one I can say on the radio, yeah. is uh, he was complaining about that uh, he noticed on the airbase that the people who did the, list, the least bitching at work detail were the college athletes. Oh, really? Everyone else was whining. And I love, you just don't think of Nile using that type of language. Sure. But again, he was like us. And that's why I think he's even more inspiring once you tear away the myth and you reveal the man. Great stuff. We'll take a time out, come back, put a cap on things. Make my plays of the day oh, presented boy. by Circus Sports. We're not betting houses. Well, we come well back. maybe. That's you up maybe. to me. <laughs> that's not you. up to you. Slash iHeartland to start playing. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Wrapping things up here, Trent Condon and Scott Sipker. Easy for me to say. I'm excited it's, for bets. People have uh, been saying it wrong for a long time. It's actually pronounced Zipka. Zipka, oh, the but, German? Uh, yeah, but... Uh, my Deutsch is nicht so gut. I wish my ancestors, when they changed it, would have just taken the, the E out. Because my name was S I P K E R, no one would Sip- say it wrong. Sip yeah. Sipker. Yeah, just so, get that E out of there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what Germans, do? we haven't done everything right in the last hundred years. That's so good. Sure. That's all the German I got. Dunkashane. Frau Sherman, my German teacher, 
in high school. Met Sherman's mom. Oh, former Hawkeye. Look at that. Yeah, talked a lot of Hawkeye football, not a whole lot of German with Frau Sch- for Frau Sherman back in the day. Well, I got to make some picks, and I got a huge slate tonight. Oh boy, it's a big one. So I'm just going to throw out five picks that I like tonight. In fact, six. Okay, First I'm going to see if I agree with any of these. We're going some dumpster diving here. Cleveland State, the Vikings, not very good this year. At St. Bonaventure, big step back out of the Bonnies, grab the seven and a half there. Dayton, disappointing start from the Flyers. They go to Vod Tech, who's played well. I like Dayton. They're getting healthier at this point. We're laying it with Ball State tonight. Yeah, this is how we bet, Zipker. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't even understand. How do you know anything about these things? What do, what do you basketball. read? What do you read? What, what, what is, what's your inside information? It's more than anything a lot of box score reading. That that's kind of the biggest component of it. So yeah, diving deep into that. That's what we do a whole bunch. Oh, quick, you got more. Oh picks. yeah, let's uh, go. Florida Gators plus four and a half against UConn tonight. Townsend plus a seven. And give me the Iowa State women. It's available right now on the Circus Sports app. Iowa State plus three at Iowa against the Hawkeye women tonight. Available to bet right now. Hey. Thanks for having me on. Kinnick Documentary available on Amazon and Apple TV. We're out of here. Murphy and Andy coming way next at 106.3 KXNO. Nope.